News of Jesus' arrival at the estate quickly came to one of Lazarus' sisters named Martha. She came running to Jesus and she said, Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus answered her, your brother will live again. Martha answered Jesus, I, I know he'll live again at the last days. And then Jesus said these words, I am the resurrection and the life. Whosoever believeth in me shall never die. Hear those words again. I am the resurrection and the life. Whosoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Then he asked her this, do you believe this? And Martha answered Jesus directly. She did say this though. She said, I know that, or she said, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God that is to come into the world. And then Martha quickly ran off and she got her sister Mary and Mary ran to Jesus and when Mary got to Jesus she said exactly the same words Martha had said Jesus if you had been here my brother would not have died and Jesus knowing that they were going to have to see to believe have you ever been there have you ever had to see to believe there are three honest people in this room Come on, how many have been there? You know that. Yeah, okay, all right, there we go. All right, a little coaxing. Okay, get honest with our heart here this morning. And, and so Jesus looked at Mary and he said, where have you laid Lazarus? And she began leading Jesus to the side of the grave. And a large crowd followed them to that grave site. On the way there, Jesus began crying. It's the only time we have recorded that Jesus cried in that particular way. And, and as, he's, as he's walking to the gravesite and, and he's weeping, when he gets there, he turns and he says to them, open the grave. And in horror, the sisters say, Jesus, he's been dead four days by now. His body is beginning to decay. And Jesus says to them, didn't I tell you if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? And then he turns to them and he commands them, open the grave. And so they obey and they open the grave. And Jesus lifts his eyes to heaven and he says, Father, I know you hear me. And I thank you that you always hear me when I pray. And it's, it's not for me that I'm saying this. It's for the people that they may see and believe. And after his prayer, he turns to the open grave. And with a loud voice, he says, Lazarus, come forth. 
and all of a sudden, Lazarus is standing in the doorway of the grave. And Jesus says, unwrap him, take off the grave clothes. I mean, can you imagine being in the crowd that day? When all of a sudden, Lazarus, who's been dead four days, and he steps up to the doorway, and then they unwrap the grave clothes, and he joins Mary and Martha, and they walk back to the house. Wouldn't you love to have been a dinner guest that night? I mean, can you imagine what's going on? Dead for days, and he walks out of the grave? Dear ones, Jesus wants you to know something very clearly. He is not just the resurrection and the life at the end of time. Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life right now, here, this moment, today. And He greatly desires for you to experience resurrection life in your heart, in your life. He wants you to arise to newness of life. That you every day, 24-7, are living resurrection life here and now and have eternal life at the end of time. You see, God never meant for death to be an experience in the human life. Death was never supposed to be part of the human experience. Death entered the human experience because Adam and Eve made a choice and they partook of what God told them not to. And, and God had clearly told them, look, if you disobey and you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. Those are God's words. You will surely die. Because you see, the, the human body cannot withstand sinful behavior. When an individual begins to participate in sin, the human body begins to break down. Now, what is sin? Sin is disobedience to God's command and His life principles. Sin is when we violate the Ten Commandments or we violate our own conscience and we do those things that we know in our heart we shouldn't be doing. Okay? Have you ever told a lie? Even a little white one? Have you ever taken God's name in vain? Have you ever stole a piece of candy? But isn't it amazing how we will, how we will excuse our sin? Well, 
I mean, it wasn't like I stole $100 or something. I just went by the bulk food and had a little. It's, it's not really stealing. Everybody does it. Isn't it amazing? See, everyone in this room has sinned. No one can say, oh, not me. Well, I, I guess you could say it, but in your heart, you know it's not true. So you just told a lie. Which is a... Oh. See, that is why... That is why the Holy Scripture says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not even one. And so whether you're young or old, whether you're a man or a woman, every one of us, sin has a strong grip on our heart. Have you ever been selfish? Have you ever been hurt and not forgiven the person that hurt you? Maybe right now there is someone that's hurt you so bad and you go, well, I can't forgive them. God says, if you can't forgive them, neither can he forgive you. Ever used pornography? Ever been unfaithful to your marriage vows? You see, because sin has such a strong grip on our life, and every time we participate in sin, death has a stronger and stronger grip on our heart until finally it will kill us. That's why Jesus said we must be born again. Because that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the flesh is of the law of sin and death. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. It is the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. But God has given us a wonderful and marvelous thing called grace. Would you say that with me? Grace. How many know the song? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost. But now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. God, in His grace, because He loves us so much, because His heart is so merciful towards us, God, in His grace, gives us something we do not deserve and that we cannot earn. It's the choice to live by sin and death 
or to live by the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It's a choice you get to make. The law of sin and death does not have to work in your life. You can live a brand new life, a whole new life. Because God's grace offers it to you. When Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross, the Scripture says, God laid upon Him the iniquity of us all. Why would God do that? Because the wages of sin is death. If you sin, you will surely die. And so Jesus Christ took your place. Jesus was sinless. He was the perfect sinless man. He was God in the flesh. And when He was nailed to the cross, He took upon Himself your sin, my sin, and He died in our place. And when they took Him off the cross, they buried Him in a borrowed tomb. I was meditating on this yesterday. They buried Him in a borrowed tomb. And I don't know why I thought of it. It just came to mind. I thought, well, yeah, He only had to borrow it. He knew He was going to walk out of there in three days. I'll give it back, Joseph. (laughs) When he was buried in that tomb, your life of sin was buried with him to live no more. And when he walked out of that grave, he walked out in newness of life, and he says to you and I, because I live, you can live also. That's why it says in Romans chapter 8, that same spirit that raised, if the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. If we will receive Jesus Christ into our heart and life, the same Holy Spirit that raised him from the dead lives in you, and now you get to live every day by resurrection life. Oh, is that awesome? I get to live by resurrection life? Yes. That's why it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. He's a whole new creation. You have a whole new identity. You once were a sinner, now you're a saint. You once were known by the stuff you did, you know, whatever that is, bad temper, bitter person, use meth, use alcohol all the time, whatever. Whatever identity you had as a sinner, that is wiped away. You are a whole new creation, and now you are a whole new person in Jesus Christ. Old things have passed away, he said, and behold, all things are become new. How many things? How many? All All things are become new. You're a whole new creation. Listen to these words, please. Your past and your present circumstances do not have to determine your future and your identity. Hear it again. Your past or your present circumstances 
do not have to determine your future or your identity. You can arise to resurrection life in Jesus Christ and live a whole new life. You can arise to a whole new identity. You can arise to a life that's free from condemnation. God said, this is the covenant I'll make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I'll put my law on their hearts, on their minds will I write them, and their sin and iniquity I will remember no more. Hey, can you imagine that? Whatever it was you did in the past, it doesn't live anymore, and as far as God is concerned, you have never sinned. What a great life to live. Free from shame, humiliation, condemnation, judgment. That's why it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, the law of sin and death, but after the Spirit, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. But not only are you free from condemnation of the past, when you arise to resurrection life in Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit will give you the power to live that whole new life and you're no longer obligated to live after the flesh. So the power of addictions can be broken. The power of wrong attitudes can be broken. Stinking thinking can be changed. Come on, give God praise. Yes. See, He gives you a whole new life. How do I know what you're saying is true, Dean. How do I know that? In 1984, I know that was forever ago for some of you, but in 1984, I was invited to speak at Evergreen State College in Olympia, Washington. How it came about was uh, one of their science classes was doing a project on alternative medicine alternative kind of healing. And the students were broke up into teams of two or three, and the team would choose a topic, a particular kind of alternative medicine, and they would do a report on it, but then they would also invite a presenter to come and speak to all the classes that were taking that subject. And uh, one, one, of, one of them did it on... Uh, acupuncture, another class, did it on herbology, which is another way of saying hemp, which is a nice way of saying, well, you know, okay? And two of the girls decided they were going to do those, theirs on healing through Christian prayer. And I was contacted, neither one of the girls attended our congregation, but they con they'd heard about me and they'd heard about the miracles that went on in our ministry. And they contacted me and said, would you come and do a presentation on, on healing through Christian prayer? And I said, I, I would be happy to do that. And so I met with the girls and uh, in meeting with them, I found out one of the girls was not a believer. She was and agnostic. And the other girl was a brand new believer, had just been walking with Jesus a few weeks. And so I went over the basic plan of how you can know Jesus as Lord and Savior, and then shared with them that I would do 
I, kind of a little bit of what I would do in my presentation. Now, every, all the other presenters had an hour, and I knew that that being a state college and all of that, that it would, I, I wasn't going to take advantage of the situation. I told him, I said, I'm only going to present for about 20 minutes, but then I'll probably do a demonstration. <laughs> and uh, so they said, okay. Now, uh, the day I got there to do the presentation, the two girls met me, and I'm, how many know how those, those university classrooms are? The seats go about straight up the wall, you know, and so you're looking way down, and you're, you're way down here, and everybody's way up here. And uh, so I, I, I go on the stage, and I sit down, and uh, I look, and it's just all these kids, it's packed. And then just about five minutes before starting time, about 15 of my church family comes and sits way up at the top. And I thought, oh, yes, the prayer force. Good deal. But just as the presentation is starting, in through the side door comes the university president, who I knew personally, his family, and I knew he was a backslidden, spirit-filled believer. And he's sitting right on the front row, right about where you're sitting. And I thought, all right. <laughs> and one of, the, one of the girls gets up, and she st- first words out of her mouth. And this is the first word. Remember now the president sitting here, packed room. First words out of her mouth is, this school is a bunch of hypocrites. I went, oh, no, 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 don't do that. Don't make him mad before I ever get up there. And then she says this. She says, you, you will allow every other religion and faith and, and, and belief of man to be presented here, but you won't let the Christian faith. And I'm telling you right now, it's true. Oh, by the way, did I tell you this was the girl who was the agnostic? And I lean over to the other girl and I said, something's happened. She starts grinning and tears running down her face. She says, yeah, she received Jesus last night as Lord and Savior. <laughs> and then she introduces me and I think, great, the whole crowd's mad. <laughs> and I just did a brief, a brief, just short survey from the Old Testament where God said, I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee, right up through to Jesus Christ and the story I shared with you at the beginning. I got done and I said this. Would anybody like to participate in a demonstration? Now, I got to tell you, when the young girl got up there and said, you're all a bunch of hypocrites, everybody slid forward in their chair and was leaning on the railings. And they stayed there through my whole presentation. But the moment I said, does anybody want to participate in a demonstration, it was like a wave hit that room. Everybody slid backwards in their chair. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, one guy goes, I will. So he comes down, and the person says, well, okay, I will. And then I will, and I had about six people that lined up down there on the stage, and I said, I'm going to pray for them, and God's going to heal them. As I prayed for them, God began healing I got about to the third person, and the first person I prayed for went, it worked, it worked, it worked. And the second person said, yeah, me too. 
By the time I got to the end of the row, all of them were saying, God has healed me. And then about that time, a ruckus started to my left. And right on the very front row was a kid who was sitting there with his leg in the cast. I found out later he was their star soccer player who had blown his knee out in the last soccer match and was in a cast because his knee had been completely blown out. And he's making a ruckus, and then pretty soon I hear this voice, pray for me, pray for me. So I went over there and I prayed for him. Here's the end of the story. The next day, the kid came back to the campus with the cast off and medical documentation of a complete healing of his knee. That state university's campus was abuzz with the power of Jesus Christ. But that's 1984. But four years ago, Big Dave sitting right back here. Wave your hand, Dave. Big Dave back there. He got word from the doctor, you better get your house in order, right? And the next Sunday... One of our brothers here in the church family, God spoke to him and said, go pray for Big Dave. He went back and prayed for Big Dave, and Big Dave got medical documentation. He was completely healed. But that was four years ago. Well, let me tell you, about three weeks ago, God gave me a word on Sunday morning that God was healing somebody, their neck and their shoulder, and clear down their arm. How many here was in that service? You remember that word that came out, okay? Melanie, stand up. What happened to you, Melanie? What happened to you? Um, I was just worshiping the Lord. I wasn't praying or thinking about the arm or asking. And all of a sudden you said that and I looked over and I said, that's me. I've been dealing with this for years. Chiropractors did all kinds of things. I was like, that's me. Yes. Almighty God. Almighty God has healed you. All praise to Him. Come on, give God a praise. There are many in this room that would say, Pastor, resurrection life is real today. It is real today. You do not have to live another day under the law of sin and death. Another day where bitterness controls your life, anger controls your life. You do not have to live another day 
with fear and worry and anxiety, shame, guilt, the power of addiction. You do not have to live another day with a heart in the grip of sin because Almighty God, the Lord Jesus Christ, is here in this room right now to give you newness of life. You can arise to new life in Jesus Christ right now, right here today. Why would you live another day in the other? Why would you choose to live another day under the law of sin and death? Not when you can rise to new life in Jesus. It doesn't make sense, does it? The best way to live is with Jesus Christ in control of your heart. How can you do that? Would you stand with me, please? A moment ago, we sang together, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saves a wretch like me. How do you experience that in your life, really, personally? Dear ones, it's a matter of coming to the Lord Jesus Christ and saying, as Mary did, Jesus, or rather as Martha said, Jesus, I believe you are the Christ, the Son of the living God that was to come into the world. I believe when you died on the cross, you took my life of sin. And when you were buried, you buried my life of sin with you. When you walked out of that grave, you made it possible for me to arise to new life. I believe that, Jesus. And Jesus, I need you to forgive me of everything I've ever done wrong and wash my heart. And Jesus, come live in me and give me new life. That's the best way to live, my friend. Don't live another day without knowing for certain Jesus has given you new life. If you would say, Pastor Dean, I want to receive that into my heart and life. You can right now. Jesus is in this room to give you new life. If you'd say, Pastor Dean, I want to receive that into my life today, this Easter. I want to receive Jesus' life. Would you just hold your hand up and write back down. I want to receive that into my life right now, today. Amen. Amen. Some others. Yes. Amen. Some others. I want to receive that into my life today. May I see your hand? Just up and down with your hand. I'm going to wait a moment longer. I believe Holy Spirit is speaking to hearts. Amen. Amen. Another. Holy Spirit speaking to hearts. Pastor, I want Jesus to live in my heart and life. May I see your hand up and down real quickly before I pray. Anyone else? Yes. Amen. Anyone else? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm going to wait just one moment longer. I believe there's one more. I want Jesus in my heart and life. thank you that your love, mercy, and grace is so powerful that it reaches to the deepest depth. That it melts the hardest heart. 
Your love, mercy, and grace has brought us resurrection life through Jesus Christ. You've seen every hand. You've known every heart. Father, you even see the heart that is praying with me right now and saying, Jesus, Jesus. But they were too fearful to raise their hand. You see that heart right now. And Lord Jesus, I am praying as they cry to you that you will hear their cry. And Jesus, you will wash their heart, forgive them of everything they've ever done. And Jesus, come live in their heart today. Holy Spirit, give them resurrection life right now as they're praying at this very moment. I thank you, Jesus. I give you praise, Jesus. I thank you that you've heard their cry. I thank you that you've heard their cry right now. I praise you, Lord Jesus. I praise you, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord Jesus. You've heard their cry. Hallelujah. Praise you, Almighty God. Praise you, Almighty God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Give God a praise. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord.